You're listening to Red Nation Online. Tim Vickery, Andres Adarazny, and I'm Ian Clark, and we are live post-match as Toronto FC get an away draw with the Vancouver Whitecaps in the opening leg of the Canadian Championship Finals. A bizarre emotion for TFC supporters as it almost feels like a loss as an Eric Hasley wonder strike on the volley, again, levels a score to make the final game at BMO Field interesting. We look at this result in perspective with the season, the promotions abound to the club, and what this team needs to do in order to keep moving forward under Dr. Leo Marvin's guidance. All in the next 35 minutes on Eastside Stand Up. Probably gonna bring it down. Yeah, probably. I know, I'm just saying. Live and direct. Live and direct. From Football Factory after uh, Oh we've started one, one, Yes we have <laughs> right. Here we are Bringing it in again Bringing it in Live and direct From the Football Factory uh, After a, a 1-1 draw With Vancouver And uh, Kind of thing where I think If you said at the, at the start of the game We'd come out with a 1-1 draw I'd be happy But I think the way it ended Probably is disappointment That Unex- uh, Toronto, Unacceptable in some ways Yeah but um, The The uh, the, the goal from uh, Hassley uh, was pretty. I mean, it's very classy. The, the, the goal from Ryan Johnson was uh, pretty classy as well. Um, it's unfortunate that um, we can maintain the or keep the lead um, from from all things being equal. Though um, I don't think I'm necessarily disappointed with this, considering that we're going in against a much stronger team. Uh, certainly from the league performance, uh, coming away with a one-all draw is disappointing considering we had the lead, but it is what it is. But is that surprising? I mean, another loss. Well, I mean, not another loss, but it feels like a loss because they had well, control of the game. Well, Spark, you called the game before it and you expected us to lose. I did expect us to lose. Uh, really? I mean, I mean, Positive Spark. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to go on, you have to go on the, the precedent that's been set and what we've seen from this team. And, of course... Even going into uh, we won two 0 against Montreal at home, we're still looking at this team. Its entire history hasn't been good on the road um, and haven't done well in Vancouver. So well, I think this is a, um, a if you frame this up against other performances in the league, I think this can can be considered a pretty decent performance. We've gone on the road and come back with a point. Uh, we've got a chance now to sort of wrap this up at home. I think. I don't think it's, it's, dis- it's disappointing. It's disappointing not get the full three points, but it is what it is. I mean, uh, hate to disagree with Jerry Dobson and Craig Forrest, but this can be considered quite a result, really. I mean, you look at the alternative, um, the way that uh, Vancouver were managing us during the first half. It looked like they were going to open us up on that left-hand side quite easily, and the second half, and certainly after the injection of. Um, uh, Kuvermans and Salzmar, we certainly look like a, a much more fluid and it, it, that in attacking side. seemed like a regular starting eleven yep. in that second half, yep. which, which gave us the lift we needed. Um, I would say that probably the one person that's kicking themselves the most out of all of this is Salzmar. 
He had that oh, excellent man. chance on goal, put it straight into the keeper for a rebound. And, and he's uh, not a goal scorer, and, and he's established that throughout this season. He's, he's a crosser, he makes those runs into the box. Makes yeah. it defensive. We saw, we saw some of it like that against Montreal, where Ryan Johnson had a play where, you know, the, the ball is coming from right to left, and the whole play is going in that direction, as is the keeper. So when you, you know, it's a kind of a tricky shot to make when everyone's going in the same direction of you, and you're going for that that wide advantage post. was for Cannon. Yeah, um, but you know, I think it was a. It's an interesting. You know, we kind of talked about this in the last spot I had when Steve was on. I kind of mentioned to you guys how it's just can't wrap my head around the way this team plays in in this in tournaments in sort of these so like one off two off games it's like you're asking if the, what, how the sky's blue right yeah i mean it just is they, we they seem like we were talking earlier that they have a goal a real tangible goal which they don't well, really they, have they seem that they have a sense of urgency in the cups um and um the away i think Certainly after the away leg that we saw in Montreal, since then, I mean, it's only two games, they seem to be playing with a much more of a fluid and attacking footing. Um, they seem to be actually communicating and moving the ball around. The first half in this game wasn't necessarily pretty. Uh, the second half was actually quite exciting and uh, engaging. So um, maybe it is because, as you said, Andre, they've got a goal. The goal is like the qualification for the cup. Whereas the league just seems like such a distant journey and they're so far in the hole that maybe they just psychologically can't really wrap their head around it. Yeah, it's funny you say that because it's like, what, what was it three pods ago we were saying, you know, what do we do? How do we, how do we tackle this where we are? And the answer was baby steps, one step at a time. And it's almost like a tournament is the perfect scenario to be in because you are really going one game at a time, one result at a time. It's like all you have to do Come away with a with a point. Get score a goal on the road and in a, in a in a two-legged uh, match, and and you're in a good position. And Toronto did that tonight. So, are you saying then, Sparky, this is the beginning of a resurgence? Is this the beginning of? Well, we'll, we'll is know, this we'll the beginning? The is this the beginning of the Toronto FC Great Escape? It's too early. It's the Great Escape. <laughs> is it? Could be. It could be. It's funny because we said that after the DC game, and we said, you know, the first thing is like, let's just get a result. And the first game after that was was Montreal at home. Yeah. And we got the road win. And then you know what? I went, probably the the most logical thing was get a result on the road. And even though we didn't win, I mean it's still a point. It's, but now the thing is, I would say the next step of that is get a result in league. Yeah. In league sure. play, I mean well, they have to they have to start obviously we'll getting after after Saturday. Yes, for sure. And the, and that and that LA game, which seemed when we're losing, seems like such a eons ago. But really, when it comes to Champions League. It's a short. It was what two, three months ago. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. It was only two months ago. And it's such a such March fourteenth. Yeah, March fourteenth. So they're still remembering that. That that aftershock is still there, beating LA and going as far as they did. So of course, um, we've seen um, a change. Um, there's been a distinct change in the way that Toronto FC are playing. Um, in they've certainly changed. Um, we we saw probably. Possibly one of the, the worst performances uh, in recent times on the road against Montreal, where they just sort of sat back and became a punch bag. Yeah. We saw something very similar at home against DC United, where they just again tried to manage the opposition and to try and keep a clean sheet. And then um, 
there was the player meeting and then there was um, like a, a determination against Montreal at home to come out and they again they played a very attacking game uh, and a, a quite an attractive game of football in between then and now um, there's been some changes in terms of the stru structure of the the team management we have um, the clerk moving upstairs into uh, the the exact position is a technical manager technical manager <laughs> yeah. so is that does that mean technically he's a manager or he's a technical manager <laughs> who knows it's on his door. <laughs> That's part uh, and, of his and, duties to and, figure out his job. And international uh, scout and player development. Yeah, so the, the release said uh, technical program, advanced international scouting, and the technical conduit between the academy and the first team. <laughs> Jesus. It's like, a, like, like an electrician. <laughs> and then, of course, we all know uh, Jim Brennan becomes uh. a first team assistant coach. And, and then they said Paul Mariner will now start having a hand in occasionally. Uh, coaching the strikers. So, are we seeing uh, a, an evolution here of the sort of um, the strategy on pulling this team together, where um, Aaron Vinter has um, has has had his role diminished somewhat? Um, the, there was a closed door player meeting. The basic outcome that we understand from that was the team said we don't want to play defensively. We want to play attacking football. So he's which is what he was hired to, he's, to bring. He, yeah, but also he's the one that kind of forced upon the team which this defensive what, that, sitting, this standing. Yeah. Um, they said we don't want to play that way. We want to play in a different way. Cards have been shuffled. Someone's moving upstairs. Someone's moving downstairs. Do you think that this is setting up for a, basically Jim Brennan to move into a, a more of the manager role or the, the head coach role? And Aaron is possibly not a figurehead or sort of um, his his job's to do whatever his job is to do. Um, I find it interesting that... Torsden I... Frings and Jim Brennan will in effect manage the team. Right. And Aaron Vinter will sort of sit in the middle as, a, as you know, to, to speak to the press, etc. I have never seen him more animated... Who? Aaron Winter. Than I've seen him tonight. Now, that's interesting that you put that point. That maybe he feels that, in fact, he sees the writing on the wall... He is about to be pushed out, or the puppet master reassigned. Done, reassigned, sure. So now he's giving it a go. You, see, you know what I mean? Like he's well, about to lose his job, or he's about to. Well, be... we. Uh, I don't think he'll lose his job. Okay, uh, he'll just get like a promotion. Altered and chanted. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be promoted. <laughs> well, so, knock like, on the door. Two in the like, morning. Hey, you're hey, promoted. Bob, I got promoted too. <laughs> I'm only a technical director now. I was promoted. The, we can the, use the, the, the senior, senior technical director. <laughs> so I mean, is this is uh, what we what we are seeing here? Is um, I, I think it's if it's a good or a bad thing, time will tell. Maybe right. nothing well, I think now. One thing for sure is I think it's I don't think it's a stretch to say the speculation would have been that if or how or when Toronto gets knocked out of this Canadian Championship, then more reassignments may have occurred. Uh, or will occur, and and this these, these changes that happened this week are sort of a little bit of foreshadowing of what what be the, what could come. Well, um, but we, we well, well, question here is what what does Jim Brennan bring to the bench? Why Jim Brennan? What does Jim Brennan bring to the bench? 
So he's a very he's a had a storied career as an international player um, and playing for the national side. So, uh, captain for Toronto FC, um, retired, moved into the front office, then moved into a development role with the youth players or the reserve sides, and now has been sort of brought in on the actual first team bench to basically work with him. Is this? Um, is this basically setting up, in effect, the next generation of the coach? So Jim Brennan is the heir apparent to uh, Aaron Vinter? No. Yeah, I don't no. think so. And I really hope not. I think, yeah. I think it's just... Uh, it's just it's a band-aid it's just, solution. It's just, yeah, it's just something to hold us over until... Until Rogers so what can Jim Brennan do? Be the face of the team. He's a direct line to Tom and, and Selmy. And a direct line to the fans or so that MLSC kind of think, right? Because Like you said, all those kudos and accolades he's had, Toronto fans know he's him. Got a, he's got a number on the wall. Right? I know. He's got a number wall of honor. Wall like, of honor. Right. Yeah, it's a big deal yeah, to have your, of it, but one of your uh, all-time greats there is on the sidelines. But I, what I'm saying is, is he being set up as a savior? And then no. being set up as a puppet. Okay, that's that would be my that would be my theory because he's got he's got really no qualifications to be a first team assistant at this stage. But in his development. So let's just step back a little bit here. So uh, Vancouver come to Toronto and uh, Toronto wins, Ch- qualify again for the Concacaf Cup. They take the Amway Cup. It's a bit of, another bit of silverware for the uh, the, the the display cabinet. Um, Aaron Vinter vindicated he can win games he can win tournaments um, in terms of like a move forward strategy um, is Aaron Vinter the man is he the is he is if he can win the Amway Cup and take us back to the CONCACAF is what is well, that are we talking about what's really happening or what we I like to think it's happening. Shit, who knows? Either, I mean, either or. You said earlier during the game that the reality probably is is that they can't fire him. It's really with MLSC, it's always about dollars and cents, isn't it? So it's we can't fire him, we can't get rid of him. So let's let's pad him with a, a, a person that we understand, we understand as fans, Jim Brennan. We'll make his job a little easier, and then all the machinations will be by Phil Anselmi and whoever else is, is in the dark shadows of the offices. I don't know. It'd be interesting if I mean if he wins the cup again, or if Toronto wins the cup again and co- qualifies for the ca- Conquer Cap. I mean, it certainly um, it throws a wrench in this in this uh, greater plan that I well, think because we're sort mean, of, oh, shit, who's you know, greater plan? the greater plan that we've sort of speculated that it's. Like, that's what I, do you think that this? Do you think that that instance um, could serve as a leaping off point for like a resurgence in the Toronto FC 2012 season? But again, I, I, after Saturday. Oh no! I mean, right now, yeah, we, we tied a game. Yeah, we got closer to winning another tournament, which we won before. But as fans, are we happy with just this? Is this something that we're going to just consistently be no, cynical about? I don't think. Uh, I don't think. I mean, in all, all honesty, the Amway Cup, and I've said this before and received some criticism for it, but the Amway Cup uh, has always been a distraction. What was it before, the Voyagers Cup or the uh, well, it was like, 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 It's always called kind of the Voyagers Cup yeah. as like a you know supporter's way of recognizing what it was in years past. But the, 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 the neutral, I've always said, I've always, I mean, like the, the bread and butter of this whole team's existence is the league. And I think anything that kind of distracts from that, and I took some heat because basically we made, I said it was a waste of time and then we made it to the semi-finals of the CONCACAF Cup and some 
people were saying, oh, so it's such a fucking waste of time now, is it? You know, but I think it's a distraction. At because, this stage, you know, yeah, I, think it, I think it is a distraction. Career. Yeah, it is a distraction. The, the whole point, the premise of having a new coach was to be in the playoffs, was to win and be respected in the league. It's and, okay to be respected and in the league. And sure, and, and no coach has really ever come out and promised it until, like... Aaron Vinter yeah. has promised it. Even Precky didn't even promise. Once we were what? I won six? Yeah. He promised him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well. But I know, you know what? You're right. I think I think given the way the season has gone, if Toronto, you know, once again wins uh, the Canadian championship, um, fans will be happy, but probably for just a week. Will you be happy though? I'll when, be happy. We're winning the Amway Cup, mate. I'll be happy in that minute in that moment because mm-hmm. we won a game. Definitely won yeah, a game. We won, we won a game. game. I will be happy. But you know what? It's, I think it's true. It's just like, you know, we beat Montreal. If we had lost this game, I would have been grumbling again mm-hmm. and back to square one. If we lose against DC, I won't be happy about that. I think it's come to a point where it's like that kind of win in terms of the greater significance, it won't go very far. It's a bit bipolar, isn't it? Like, so looking at the lose way, on Saturday, look and at, what, are we, what are we thinking next? Look oh. at, looking at the way that the team played together, and we've got some injuries that have come back. We've got da- Danny Kovemans is back. Uh, Nick Saltmar is back. Will probably play on Saturday. Uh, Frings will probably play They almost certainly rested him for the DC game. Um, um, so the starting 11 is starting to look more like the starting 11. Um, right. We have like the, the team starting to look a little bit more sort Except of... Except for that back line, that... That back line. I'd say that Adrian Khan did look quite like sort of again useful tonight. I think but Henry he, on he that last goal probably needs. I don't think um, fell asleep. Yeah, Adrian Khan. I don't think has the that sort of that centre back kind of boss mentality where he can sort of structure the back line and create discipline. He's a finesse player. Yeah, he's more of. A, it's going to be interesting to see um, at, in the DC game at the weekend whether they actually take this aggressive footing on the road again mm. and say, we're here for the three points. Right, it's another road game. Right. Are we here, we're here for the three points. Mm. And however, knowing that the uh, the talent that they're going to be up against is going to leave them exposed at the back and whether they have the faith in the back line to see leave four guys there in a straight line to right. sort of manage this. Um, yeah. uh, that's, I mean, DC, is a, DC in itself is an interesting matchup because DC is also a team that's has strong attack but poor defending yeah. where and then Toronto's going to counter with a strong attack so I would and shaky I would propose I would propose that the key to any turnaround in this season is players finding form uh. Danny Kovermans has to find form Kial Plata has to find form we have to have scoring opportunities Ryan Johnson is doing a very good job in my opinion he's scoring goals uh, Reggie Lamb scoring goals he's not scoring enough but we do need uh, uh, we do need our strikers to score goals, and I think if this season has any chance of turning around, our our fate as a team and our fate as a supporters is very much hinged on Danny Coverman's form. And we saw Coverman playing a pocket it, role today. Yeah, he was sitting working, in, instead of that lone yeah, roll up front. A team up he's there. sitting behind the yeah. strike pair. Which is perfect. For I think. I think that's really what it, this season's going to come down to: whether Danny Kovermans can start hammering goals in the back of the net. And if he can, we've got a fighting chance. If we don't, then we're smart, pretty much and smart uh, coaching decisions, and not just sitting back and defending. And, and as a as a some type of freako choice, Jimmy says, "Go for it." <laughs> Jimmy says, "Go for it." Jimmy says, "Send the long ball down to Danny, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll win for sure." That's a classic one there. I think I pulled, I pulled that one out there. Jimmy says, "Send the long ball down to Danny." <laughs> well, how much how much power will will uh, 
Well, None. Jimmy Brennan has. None. None. Are you sure? Well, we can, we hold that. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So, closed door meeting with the players. Right. Sort of discussion, you think they knew this discussion of revolt, you know, yeah. of where basically they're saying, we're not going to play your way you want us to play, we're going to play the way we want to play. So, um, is Aaron Vinter a lame duck? And the, the shuffling of the cards and bringing Jim Brennan to basically bolster the bench to make sure that... He's like a cheerleader. Well, just to maybe to act as a liaison between the players yeah. and the and the, the I don't know who the fuck who knows. So Aaron Vinter's there in effect just to basically sort of stand at the sideline and argue with the fourth official. And it's you know, entirely possible. And, and Jim Brennan maybe Jim Brennan is maybe now like our man. Yeah, but you know, we did throw out a, I thought, which was a fairly plausible theory, was that if everything went even more pear shaped, was that um, Vinter would be promoted to a full-time technical director. Senior, senior. Senior, sorry, the senior technical director. The senior, uh, senior associate, whatever. We'll throw a couple of things in there. Give him one more job to do. Uh, you know, liaison to something. And uh, we would see Jimmy secretary. Brennan be the interim manager with Paul Mariner as assistant. But what we wouldn't know is that, in fact, Torsten Frings would be the manager, the player manager telling everyone what to do on the field, off right. the field, etc. I think that's that, already I think that's already happened. Right. You've said that, but they can't publicly go out and do that. This no, is a bit conspiratorial. Not. Window, window dressing. Right. Yeah. But they can't publicly go and do that. So they go what Sparky says. They yeah. choose a more covert way so, of doing it. So Jim Brennan when he retired, he spent a lot of time in the front office at Toronto FC. Working and, hard. And that was probably oh. That was probably like building some, up the CV. Some yeah. sort of grooming process involved in there, in like sort of the executive leadership way of MLSE, and they've probably got their man on the bench that they know is going to sort of say yes, no, and you know whatever. But MLSE um, is still such a such a, 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 a boys' club, isn't it? It's still about promoting and fixing, Incest, making incestuous, sh- it's very incestuous, and making sure and your you buddies can, you get can jobs. Do, you can do whatever you fucking want. You can make the biggest disasters, yeah. the, the, the disaster on disaster. As long as you're a cool guy. Yeah. As long as like, as long as Big Tom, as long as, you, as long as Tom likes not what you, you know, It's not what you know, it's who you know. Aaron Vinter and DeClerc came as a team. Now they're separated. Yeah. How does that make Vinter feel? Yeah. He's an outsider. So they've suddenly they've got he's got they've got uh, MLSE's boy. Sitting next to him right. on the bench, the golden boy. And you got Velcro. You got tools and frings. Tools and frings on the pitch playing the calls yeah. and, sit, and setting up the structure. Yeah, and it's like uh, you know, Aaron's looking over at him and says, "Jimmy says use a long ball." <laughs> Jimmy says use a long ball. Trust me. Well, Jimmy, Jimmy says send a long ball down to Danny. <laughs> you just argue with the fourth official, which is maybe why he was so argumentative today. Well, he's got nothing else to do. It's a, it's well, like, the I, illusion. I, of I power. think, I think, um, as I said, I think our futures really hinge on the effectiveness of our strikers. If our strikers can put the ball in the back of the net with an increased frequency, and we really haven't seen anything from Danny Kovemans so far this no. season. Is compared to when Harry ended last season and Harry's begun this season, it's gone completely. I don't know if he's disillusioned, you know, or what have you. Or he doesn't seem so on the not, pitch. He seems to, you know, to be barking. He just, he just seems off. He's off yeah, his game. That happens. I mean, we, we, we laid this out at the end of last year and the start of this year that, um, you know, our fortunes do hinge on, on Coverman's being a 15 goal scorer. Yep. Um, I think Johnson's being an adequate. You know, secondary, uh, secondary uh, goal scorer. Yeah, sure. He's not in that. Like, has been a nice he's surprise. not like the designated player, no. Ryan Johnson. 
I mean, he's doing what he can do, and yeah. he's scored some very nice goals along the way. If you look at, if you look he's, at the way he's, he's doing his of, job, yeah. If, through the course of your all competition, because he scored these goals in in uh, the Canadian Championship. I mean, in all those competitions, you know, Johnson's probably on pace for about ten goals. Yep, there and abouts, which is. Again, what we said is you have that 10 goal, ten goal score, that guy who's somewhere in around him at 10 goals. Oh, he reminds me of Gordon. Someone between 5 and 10. He reminds me of Gordon if Gordon was, yeah, but remember, wasn't injured. He, that's the type of right at the beginning been. of the season when we did our pre-season like, sort of kick-off podcast, we said that really what we were expecting to see, like Yao Plata, who'd signed a long-term contract now, mm. to really up his game, to not be this fringe so player. Or, yeah, yeah, but... That doesn't really fucking matter. It doesn't really matter. Like his job in a striking position is to score goals, and we just haven't seen them. How many goals this season? Zero. Uh, No, he scored against Santos Laguna. Yeah, and but in the league, assists. Like maybe a handful, maybe one. You know, and that's not really what you want from a, a strike, a striker. You know, and Danny Kovmans. How many goals this season? Has he scored one? He scored one. Lamb? No, yeah, he scored one. He scored one. Yeah, again, it's like that's that's the the crux of the problem. And if we have any chance, like otherwise, we're gonna we laughed about like uh, we we laughed about LA. We're saying, oh, what a terrible season they're having. They're on eleven points, and we were like, and then we sort of step back and thought, oh, we dream of being on eleven points. And we're really looking really at eleven points at the end of the year. Yeah, that's the reality. We're looking at like you know we might be able to string through a couple of draws, a win here, or you know get lucky. You know, like realistically, like fifteen to fifteen to twenty points is but, probably but re- really, really optimistic. Ma- mathematically, unless we're have... still on the horizon, no? Yeah, mathematically, mathematically, historically, they're not. Yeah, but it's uh, to be this. Uh, um, we were joking during the week, saying that MLSE's new motto is "There is no rock bottom." <laughs> There is no, there's no end to the, how deep and low we can go. Rock bottom is a myth. You know, it's 20%. like just we shoot through rock bottom, you know, and create a new rock bottom. And this is really, I mean, unless we see, unless we see, and these games against DC and these games against New York and these games against uh, these tough road games that we're going to have against these Western sides is really that's what we've got to look forward to for the rest of the season. So we are like the turnaround. Like drawing on the road to uh, Vancouver is fantastic in the Amway Cup, but at the weekend against DC, like we have to be looking to emulate that. We have to get a point against DC on the road for this for us, even if it's a fucking goalless draw. Who cares? Yeah, this is you know? this is probably the biggest game of the season. So yeah, and we've had many, many big games of this and season. And stretching it, I know. We have, no, and we're, no, we're, we're, Andre, no, you're absolutely right. This you is, are right. The, but the it's DC game every week, <laughs> every week for the last. Five weeks for the last but, but six coming, weeks. But coming off this tie and coming off a bit of a high. Yeah, we've had a win against uh, Vancouver. We've had a draw on the road. These are the baby steps that we were discussing. So the next baby step is basically, like you realistically, a win on the road against DC. Shit, it'll be nice to see it, but realistically, what we're looking for is a clean sheet. Yeah, a, a clean point. sheet. So, what do they point. have to do? Who do they, do they have to? Well, they can either go out and play really defensively and boring and just get picked apart over time. They've got to go toe-to-toe. Shit, if you know that someone's going to beat the shit out of you and probably put you in hospital, <laughs> you can either curl up on the ball and end up in hospital, or you can stand up and fight and yeah. still yeah. end up in hospital. Yeah. yeah. You know? You don't get to the hospital, then, face, might as well try to get a shot in. Yeah. You know, at, at and they can do it. They can do it. So, that's the thing. I think I think if we're, if we're going to talk about this, about what the next step is, it's like, 
We're looking at these increments that they need to make. Yeah, they won in the Amway Cup against Montreal. We've drawn against Vancouver on the road. The next step, of course, would be to get any result in D.C. And then we have Philadelphia the next weekend at home. Yep. And that is a winnable game. Oh, yeah. That's it. That so is. That's it. If you look on the calendar... Target, and, target clean sheet against D.C., win at home yeah, against yeah. Philly. And if you look at the short to midterm and what our schedule looks like, I mean, that, for me... I think it was two or three weeks ago we were discussing this, and I was circling that. I was like, we have we have DC or we have Philadelphia and New York, New England in the in the sort of short to midterm. Those are the only games where like yeah, you gotta, these are sure things that we have to get. Got to get through these two games with DC. The home game unfortunately went off the rails. Um, the the the, uh, the away leg, I think, again, just a clean sheet. Take the fight to Something. them. They have a shit defense. They've got great strikers, but uh, not a shit, but a weak defense. There's a chance to bang a couple in the back of the net, and those are the kind of scenarios that a player like Danny Kuvermans right. should be ex- thriving in. A weak defense that's disorganized, you know, opportunity. Um, and then targeting the Philly game at home and thinking, yeah, we've got to win. Suddenly we've got four points. Playoff run. Maybe six. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, that's, that's, all, that's all they'll be talking about. If they uh, win the next two games, we'll come up with four points. That's why I call this the great escape. We only, if we're going to make the great escape from like obscurity or irrelevancy, irrelevancy, then this is really the this is where it has to begin. And um, I just I I hope, and I know and probably it, I know it won't happen, but it would be nice if there's a few there's a war chest of some description to bring in reinforcements during the sort of the summer period. It, I know there isn't. I know. I there think isn't. We're, this is our team. I know. This is our team for the rest. Of, this is our yeah, organization. You're only, you're only like you look at Torsten Frings. He's a fantastic player, but as we're seeing, susceptible to injury. Yeah. You know, Nick Salisbury is wonderful on the wings. Well, wonderful is maybe a stretch. <laughs> That's but he's good on the wing. <laughs> Where's Steve Perry? Where's Steve Perry? Yeah. 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 He'd, he'd have said yeah. more choice words about that <laughs> statement. In, in relatively, yeah. he's a great choice for us to have he's on the wing. Better and better. Um, you know, you know, we have to make sure that we've got a, a decent squad that we can field. Because when we went through that that lull where Torsten was away, Danny's away, Salzma's away, we got injuries, gaping oh, wound. Yeah, I mean, we just looked really, really average. It was, it was awful. So we're going to call the game for the weekend. Oh. Sparky, start us yeah, off. I'm start you. Oh my gosh, the pressure <laughs> is on. I would have so said, keep it real though. Keep, keep it real, real, brother. Okay, if, right off the top, gut, gut reaction, 2-1 DC. Okay, Andre? Yeah, me too. I, I'm going to say 2-0, two, 3-1 two, DC. I'm leaning on 3-1. Yeah. yeah. For DC? Yep. Of course, it's not what I want. No. It's but I mean, again, you have to deal with the It's just, hey. just keeping it real. There's no yeah. consistency with I would this team. Love, I would love to be proved wrong. If they want to I would love then I could Bob DeClerc to be the best international scout we've ever had. <laughs> But my gut's telling me. See, I would argue with that. I want him to be bit the best technical director we've ever had. Technical manager. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm promoting him above his station. You want to be, you want to be the best conduit between the academy and first team we've ever had. I, you know what? I can, I agree with that. I so now we're gonna fair. start scouting. Is that, is that the plan? Yeah, we haven't been doing it before. Now we have an international scout. We never had one before. And uh, maybe he's just like that's because a, remember that's a cover for like agent interviewer. Don't forget the last time we had a, a first assistant slash interim manager move to a scouting position Nick Dasevich uh-huh. disappeared into thin air oh, shortly thereafter oh, shit. the North American scout that was his position I don't know he flew down to South America and he never, never came back, back. Yeah. we sent him to Bogota and uh, 
coconut drinks and uh, loose women. Yeah, I um, I think um, just to dwell on tonight's game for a little bit, I think um, we certainly saw some attractive. First off, we should say this result came without Torsten Franks. Yeah, we actually have a That's note of that, very good point. and that is that is notable. And um, uh, Julian de Guzman wearing the captain's armband, um, sort of playing yeah, a, up and down a game. hybrid role. It's set up Ryan set up Johnson's goal. goal. That's the up. There were some downs. <laughs> Again, playing like right down the middle of the field, up and down, like right up where the attack's happening, then legging it all the way back to sort of cover the he's defense. Um, it's, yeah, but I think I think you I think with Julian, you're going to get what you get. But but, you, but I think you've got to give him a chance. And it's Spring's interesting. Light. Oh come on! Spring's light. We're giving him a chance. Come on! It's not like he just joined the team. It's like a good wine. It takes a long while for it to like sort of really get oh, to its very nice guy. <laughs> but um, the the other thing I would say uh, as well, the um, for, just again focusing back on tonight's game, Ryan Johnson's header. Yeah. Uh, was very, very, very classy, composed. Consi- he's consistent. And his look on his face he's when consistent. he scores those goals, he just you know. It's like this is business. this is what I'm here for. Yeah. You know? yep. No, like whipping his shirt off and yeah. running around and yeah. getting hysterical. That's, what he's that's his paycheck. Yeah. I have to score goals. That's my. And he's goal. probably the the was well, certainly the most out. He, he and Kosic are certainly the most outspoken uh, players on the team in terms of how they're playing and the results, etc., etc. Do you think Kosic had a chance on that on that on that goal? No, 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 no. No one, no one would have had a chance. The only chance was the defender. Yeah, it was Henry to close it Henry down better? The, go- the goalkeeper has no chances on that. That was um, there's a great goal that um, that um, Paolo Di Canio scored for West Ham. It was very similar to this against uh, Crystal Palace in the Premier League a long, long time ago. Like on the full volley, and if those kind of connections are impossible for a keeper to like, gauge because they're they're not moving, they're watching the ball, and then suddenly it's behind them. Yeah. The only chance to save that was the uh, was the, the defender. And of yeah. course, and there was Hasley's. I mean, it wasn't a carbon copy, but he scored that goal against Seattle last year, right? That was making the rounds everywhere around the world uh, for an incredible off-the-volley strike that went in. So it's that's his bread and butter almost, if you could say anything. It's just like... Shit, that was, it was shit happens. Yeah. yeah, Shit happens. Just, you know? We need to be stronger on the defense the whole 90 minutes, not... Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean you can, we can break that play down, saying, you well, know, Alan Roche got well, too much space on the ball. Exactly. Allowing the opposition to get in a forward attacking uh, positions is, is going to put your goal under pressure. And a man who was subbed, and he didn't yeah. play the whole 90 minutes, he nope. came in the second half. So I guess that's about it, hey? So yeah, yeah. we've got to look forward to the weekend. Um, very, very hopeful that the lads will bring this esprit de corps and they're attacking the big football. Big football day. Long ball, all yeah. the way. What would Jimmy do? Jimmy says. Jimmy says play the long ball. (laughs) Jimmy says send the long ball down to Danny. (laughs) Jimmy's stoked. Jimmy's stoked on the result. Jimmy got a new suit. Jimmy's on the sideline. (laughs) Jimmy's going to call his wife. Jimmy's calling the shots with TFC right now. That's hilarious. Anyway, (laughs) so this is Timmy on the west side. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andre on the north side. Yeah, and Sparks on the east side. East side. Yeah, that's right. You should stand up. Yeah. <laughs> there, I did. I just did. All right, and uh, we'll catch you on the weekend. Thanks for listening. Take care, guys. Bye. Eastside Stand Up is the only TFC-specific podcast breaking down the game right after it happens. We want you to get involved. So if you're watching the game at home or even through the week, come up with something. 
Reach out to us on Twitter, hashtag ESSU, or at ClarkRNO, or at Red Nation Online. Email us at HaveYourSay at RedNationOnline.ca and help direct the discussion. Get your opinion across of what happened on the pitch today. Thank you.